Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big time steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hey, this is Ronnie Barber, former Virginia Cavalier, now Class of 2023 Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Welcome to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I'm Chris Graham. I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, Jerry Ratcliffe. And uh, we obviously will be talking today uh, about the ongoing, uh, whatever is going on with the ACC, whether expansion, retraction, uh, who knows, a pending death. We just don't know. There's so much going on in college sports with realignment. Jerry, the latest is that um, the the talks that had emerged this week with the ACC, potentially SMU, Stanford, and Cal, seem to have broken down. So um, we might be back to square one as far as that goes. It appears that's the case, Chris. And uh, I was I was a little surprised that things fell apart that quickly, but apparently that's the trend now. That the, with the Pac-10 crumbling before our very eyes. Uh, uh, a week ago and in just a matter of hours and then yesterday uh, apparently after uh the ad's did their research the presidents couldn't find enough support to even have a vote um which essentially was a vote i guess <laughs> against expansion because uh, you need three-fourths majority and that means 12 of the 15 presidents and they couldn't get couldn't get 12 and uh supposedly there were some four uh, four or more hard no's uh among the presidents um and that just apparently killed the whole thing i, I don't know if they'll even be talking about it going forward but um the thought of adding two pack 12 teams, Cal and Stanford was obviously rejected. And uh, even further, there seemed to be no interest in SMU, which uh, was interesting because SMU, they they volunteered to come into the conference without taking any TV money for the next five to seven years, which was leaving a lot of money on the table. But they have so many... Uh, rich alumni that the the alumni from what I heard was willing to put up two hundred million dollars or more just to support the athletic program out there to make up for it. So uh, it, it it looks like that we're back to the same ACC, and uh, a lot of people are left wondering after this, Chris, if Florida State's going to bolt now, and and uh, if that does, who knows if that will have a domino effect on the rest of the league, we could end up, if that if that occurs, I, I don't know, we could end up with uh, the ACC scattered to the wind just like the Pac-10 did. Yeah, because, I mean, we're hearing talk about uh, the Big Ten being possibly interested in the 
uh, University of Virginia, University of North Carolina, uh, if things were to play out the the way that you know you laid out there as a possibility of if Florida State maybe starts the domino effect, um, you know, then you'd have to presume that other schools would would uh, would be in line to follow. Uh, and you know, the deadline of to to get out uh, of the ACC next year, starting July J- July first of twenty twenty four comes up next Tuesday. It's uh, August 15th. That's the, the annual deadline for any member uh, to notify the league and the other schools that it would be planning to leave uh, in, the, in, the, in the coming um, sports year. So, uh, you know, we have to, I guess, keep keep a wait and see attitude for the next five days. Florida State's been very vocal. Uh, and it's it's just hard to imagine that, uh, that they're going to be happy with uh, things as is. But then on the other side of that, Jerry, when you mentioned that, you know, there's the, there's the bylaw requirement, at least three fourths voting in favor of any expansion. And that would be mean, uh, mean 12 out of 14. And, and thus, if there's not even a vote, even though that's effectively a vote, at least four schools are saying they don't they wouldn't like Stanford Cal slash SMU to come into the league. It could be for a couple of reasons. One reason could be the simple geography, <laughs> Stanford and Cal way out in California uh smu down in dallas texas and what that would do to football maybe not as much but the non-revenue sports and basketball uh, in terms of travel and and keeping the kids out of the classroom longer uh but then also there could be the aspect of uh simply maybe fsu uh, could be one of those schools and they're saying we want to leave and we don't want to vote for anything that might make us stay and who knows if there might be some others in that respect too and We've also seen reports that uh, the money uh, maybe doesn't add up as much as as uh, has been let on uh, uh, if you add schools like Cal, Stanford, and SMU. But if not them, then who? Um, there's a lot of questions here still uh, not answered as a result of what we're hearing is happening this week. Yeah, well, I, I don't think there's anybody else really out there that fits the mold any any better than, than they do. I, from what I was told, uh, should they expand by those two or three schools that ESPN would be obligated to up the TV contract by 30 to 35 million per school, which would bring in uh, roughly 120, 140 million dollars to the conference to be split up however the ACC uh, deems appropriate. Um, and with SMU not taking any piece of that pie and Stanford and Cal probably coming in with 70% instead of taking 100% of what they would normally get. Um, that would have, uh, supposedly that would have gone toward making some of the team, the teams that are barking like Florida State uh, happier uh, and maybe using some of the money for travel expenses. But obviously that wasn't attractive enough of a, package to convince the presidents to to make a move like that uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anywhere else you can go from here chris i mean you, you got yukon up there hanging around uh but they don't seem to be that attractive to the acc and i know a lot of acc schools still are, are somewhat bitter that when virginia that uh, when the acc kind of broke up the big east uh yukon was the first and and the most outspoken in filing a, a lawsuit against the acc and and uh 
caused a lot of hard feelings back then. So I, I don't know if they've been blackballed forever or not. But uh, I mean, uh, uh, otherwise, I mean, where, where are you going to go? Um, I mean, Central Florida just joined the the uh, American and uh, not I mean the uh, Big Twelve, right? And um, um, so did Cincinnati. Um, West Virginia is already in the Big Twelve, and uh, a lot of the ACC. Uh, research from what I was told uh, going back several years that they had taken a really close look at West Virginia and they weren't convinced that the Mountaineers would bring that much to the table in terms of uh, TV market or TV money. I, 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 they did a lot more research on that than I did for sure. Uh, I mean, there's nobody else out there unless you try to steal uh, teams that are already in another conference. Um and that would be somebody from the Big Twelve, or I mean, the Big uh, Ten, or the, or the SEC, and then I don't think they're going to leave because their financial packages are so lucrative. So it looks like uh, the ACC is stuck with what it's got, um, and now it's their job to try to hold on to it. And like you said, they they got until next Tuesday to make up their mind if anybody's going to uh, the bolt or, or they put I've been told by a couple of sources out there that um, has some powerful friends in big places that Florida State has become a little toxic and not there's they don't really have anywhere to go if they do leave the ACC so I, I'm not sure that uh, they're going to be welcome right now anywhere else so there's that aspect uh there's this you, you know and they they've been vocal what i think is so curious here jerry so the fsu's been vocal saying we need to do something we probably are going to be leaving what, what and they didn't put a date on that the president the board of trustees met last week no you know nothing specific was said but lots was said by those by those folks then UNC's athletics director, Bubba Cunningham, comes out and, and speaks against that, even though in part of his comments uh, when he was on the radio station in Raleigh on Thursday of last week, a day after the FSU Board of Trustees meeting, Cunningham did concede that some things need to be done to address the revenue issues. Um, what what interests me about this is, is no one at UVA, not President Ryan, not Carla Williams, the athletics director, uh, no one from the Board of Visitors has said boo. I mean, no, not one word one way or the other. Uh, regarding UVA's future, um, are you hearing anything? You've you've been around for so long that there's a reason you're the Hall of Famer. You you know so many folks. Have you heard anything uh, about what UVA is thinking about this? No, and that's uh, extremely disappointing to me that UVA uh, is keeping their thoughts to themselves. Uh, Carla uh, has hasn't been very communicative. Uh, has communicated really well with the media uh, over this issue at all, nor has President Ryan or anybody else from the university. And I, I, I don't know. Just speaking on behalf of UVA fans and uh, an alum, I, I, I'm very disappointed by that. That they haven't made any comment whatsoever. We have no idea what they're thinking. Uh, the only time Carl has been approached. Uh, back at Amelia Island, back when the, the Magnificent Seven was the, the big news, uh, she was approached by one sports writer 
coming out of the meetings and uh, the writers had just spoken to the Virginia Tech AD and uh, she said, we'll let him speak for us. And, uh, you know, I, to, to me, I, I, I just don't think that's a very good way to approach things. But uh, frankly, I'm, I'm disappointed that there's been absolutely no comment from UVA regarding this issue whatsoever. So fr- it's so frustrating for us in the media and for and for UVA fans that I know Tony Elliott at uh, he had an immediate availability after practice one day recently. I want to say it was maybe Monday. And um, reporters have no one else to talk to because no one's talking. So they asked Tony Elliott. And of course, what does Tony Elliott know? He, he even said, look, I'm focused on football season. You know, that's above my pay grade, essentially, is what he said. So uh, yeah. we're, we're right. starved for information. And it's a lack of leadership on the part of UVA folks to even just, they could just put out a tepid statement. At least it would be a statement. But what it looks like now is, you know, they're following whoever they're following. We just don't know who they're even following. So that's, that is disappointing. I agree with you. It, it seems to me that they're letting the Carolina AD uh, kind of run things in in that respect. Uh, he's the only one that's really made much of a public comment whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, FSU on one side and, and Bubba Cunningham for UNC on the other. And, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I would agree. No, it doesn't seem like anybody else in the ACC is talking, at least out loud. There are certainly – People are talking to uh, the, you know, the, some of the reporters who are who are getting the scoops uh, on the inside of this. But uh, in terms of how things are going in the in the negotiations and the review process of of potential new members, but uh, other than that, yeah, we're getting nothing on the record, and even surprisingly behind the scenes, off the record, it's just it's just uh, radio silence right now in Charlottesville about this. Yeah, absolutely, and it's. Uh... That makes it harder for us to do our jobs. And, um, I, you know, I, I, it's leaving the UVA fan base in the dark. And, uh, you know, I think they deserve a little bit more than that. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Rackler Show. Wahoo wah. I'm telling you, Virginia fans out there, Wahoo Nation, you're going to love Christian Bliss. <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't uh, listened or watched that uh, podcast with him that we did um, uh, Monday, uh, he's a delightful kid. He's, he's got a little New York swagger, but he's not uh, he's not cocky. It's just a lot of confidence. Uh, he He's not your typical New York City point guard. He's, he's from Queens, but you know, a lot of those guys that did documentary from the legendary New York City point guards, they were all uh, uh, smaller point guards, really. And uh, he, he's 6'4". He's, he's a, a pretty big dude. And um, he talks about the toughness of growing up being a, a point guard in New York City and playing in the playgrounds and, and what that requires, which is an interesting uh, conversation. And just talks about him and his game. Um, he will tell you right now that he's pretty good. 
<laughs> the one, but the one thing he's not good at, Jerry, apparently, at least in relation to Tony Bennett, he's not very good at ping pong. Well, uh, but Tony is. Tony apparently really is. Yeah. If, yeah, if, you ever, if you're ever near a ping pong table and Tony Bennett standing there, beware is what we need. Yeah. Unless you're really, really, really good. You don't want any part of that. I'm telling you. Uh, not only is Tony good, but he's intense and he will come after you. As Christian Bliss found out, he uh, Christian is he, uh, the term he used against uh, playing Tony in ping pong was, I got dusted. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Definitely a good listen. No, no doubt about that. Yeah. That was, that was a fun interview and uh, we'll have, we'll try to have some more of those as we go along with some of the uh, players and, and try to maybe try to get a, a couple of football players or two. They're, they're, they're kind of busy right now, obviously getting ready for the season, but uh uh, yeah, and uh, I, I think Chris, uh, they got a couple of football commitments uh, since the last time we talked. I, um, I, was, I was thinking uh, I'd just go over those briefly. With, okay, uh, okay, sure, sure. Uh, the kid Jewett Hayes the uh, third from Muller High School up in Cincinnati. I, I think he's a pretty darn good uh, get. For this football staff, he's a 6'4", 210-pound um, kid who uh, uh, is a defensive end, and uh, he's a three-star, but uh, most of the Virginia guys are three-stars. He's, he was recruited by Chris Slade. Slade got on him pretty early, and he picked Virginia over some pretty good schools, Iowa, Kentucky. Illinois, West Virginia, Duke, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, all pretty decent football programs. And uh, he visited Virginia in June. One of the intriguing things about uh, Hayes, Chris, is his dad, um, whose name I'm trying to remember, Jonathan Hayes, uh, played at Iowa, which recruited Jewett and and didn't recruit him successfully. but uh, John, his dad, Jonathan Hayes, was a uh, NFL tight end with the Cincinnati Bengals for uh, had a nice long career there, and then ended up being an assistant coach for the Bengals, and uh, was an assistant coach at Oklahoma for four years. And his older brother, Jackson Hayes, J A X S O N, plays for the L A Lakers. Yeah. So. Uh, I think his mom was a, a college athlete too. So he, he comes from a strong bloodline of uh, athletic ability. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that was a, a pretty darn good get uh, and, and should add a lot to the recruiting class for Virginia. Uh, then they, they came back home and, and got a kid from St. Chris's down in Richmond, um, defensive end Henry Omahundro who didn't have a whole lot of offers, but he's a, uh, another defensive end, 6'3", 240. Uh, and his dad, uh, Buddy, played uh, a de- as a defensive back for some of George Walsh's teams uh, back from 1989 to 91. So uh, he has uh, some history with Virginia. Uh, his brother, Elby, was a second-team uh, All-ACC indoor heptathlon athlete for the track team 
So um, two defensive ends there, and then the, another kid they uh, most recently added was uh, Dane Wiklinski. <clears throat> He's from Dublin, Ohio, home of Jack Nicholas's uh, uh, memorial tournament. Uh, Wiklinski, the big kid, 6'6", 280 pounds, offensive tackle. Um, <clears throat> and he uh, he also was recruited by some pretty, pretty decent programs. Um, West Virginia, Indiana, Duke, Cincinnati, Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, JMU, Marshall, and uh, a few others. So uh, uh, another kid that sounds like he, he can he can play and he might have a bright future here. Uh, he also uh, wrestles, wrestles, and uh, is uh, plays lacrosse. So he has good feet from all those sports, and uh, which is a, a key ingredient to being a good offensive lineman uh he's the third offensive lineman that they've uh, gained a commitment from so far in what amounts to currently is a 15-man recruiting class in terms of commitments and um so that's that's where we are with football recruiting at this moment <clears throat> and um you know they they seem to have gotten off to a slow start but uh, in terms of some of the kids that they got, uh, it looks like they picked up lately, Chris, in, in getting some kids that a lot of other pretty decent football programs are interested in. They're, they're not knocking out the five-star guys that, that, and four-stars that are going to LSU and Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee and places like that, but they are holding their own against um, some pretty decent other football schools in terms of uh, collecting talent. So uh, that may be uh, something that gets Tony Elliott a little fired up uh, heading into deeper into August. Um, yeah. And we would like to thank our sponsors. Uh, obviously uh, we couldn't do this without them. And we appreciate them and hope that uh, you will, Mention to them if you use their business that Chris and I sent you and that you appreciate them sponsoring us so we can bring you all this free content, not only on the podcast, but our two websites and uh, augustafreepress.com and jerryrackliff.com. Uh, Roback, um, uh, one of the fastest growing sportswear companies in America. Anywhere you go, you're going to see Roback. Uh, these days and it's uh, charlottesville based out there on 29 uh, they're growing like crazy um they, i think they have a hard time filling orders that they're getting so much business and we appreciate i know some of you guys have ordered from them off of our website and that that helps us and and helps roback grow um some uva guys that uh, put this thing together and they support UVA, so uh, you're helping support your school and uh, supporting our website. So um, please uh, visit their ad on my website and uh, click on there and get a nice discount. Great sportswear for men and women. Uh, let uh, I guess I guess you can say you can let your girlfriend or wife. <laughs> Check it out. You might your credit card might regret it, but uh, but go ahead and uh, and let them 
see what's available for the ladies on there. They have a great, uh, great line of clothing for them. Um, Aberdeen Barn, the finest steakhouse in Virginia, one of our favorite places to eat. Um, talking to Chris Lade the other day, he was uh, talking about how much he could go there and eat the whole menu, I think. Uh, it's great food, great service, great atmosphere. You can't do better than, than going to the barn. So uh, it's a Virginia tradition. It's a Wahoo tradition. Drop by and see Angela and Terry and tell them, tell them we sent you. And then last but certainly not least is the Good Feet Store with CEO Jonathan Cotton. I grew up in Crozet, big UVA supporter, NIL, and promotion-wise, um, does a lot of things to help UVA athletics. And we appreciate um, him supporting us as well. They're uh, also one of the fastest growing companies in the Mid-Atlantic. They're opening up stores all over the place. Um, I think uh, recently Bristol, Winston-Salem, and Wilmington, North Carolina. And I'm presently in Atlanta, Chris, and coming back uh, to Charlottesville tonight. But um, I was driving down Roswell Road last night after dinner, and I saw a good feet store on Roswell Road in 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 uh, in. A, in Atlanta. So I don't know if that's Jonathan's or if it's another franchise, but uh, they're everywhere. And uh, if you're having any discomfort, even if you're not having any discomfort walking or running, they have specially designed arches for your feet that uh, make it like you're walking on a cloud. I think that's what one of the customers said. Um, I am a customer as well and can vouch for what they've done for my feet and uh, go by and visit and see what they can do for yours. Yeah. Thanks to all those sponsors. They make all this possible. Go to jerryratcliffe.com for the latest on UVA sports news. AugustaFreePress.com has some UVA sports news. And uh, my closing thought is uh, our thoughts and prayers of all the folks out in Hawaii right now dealing with those horrible wildfires. What made me think of that in relation to this is one of the, one of those towns that was um, hit hard, a town uh, named Kihei, Hawaii. And it just reminds me of Kihei Clark and, and being a, uh, with his Hawaii ties. It just made me think of the tie back to UVA. So let's think of those folks yeah, out there. I wonder about that because I know there's a Kihei beach out there that uh, Tony Bennett and his wife, uh, I don't know if it was, they were there on their honeymoon or, or I know they were visiting there. And in uh, years later, uh, signed a play card named Kihei Clark, who's a, uh, Part Hawaiian, I guess. So right. I, right. I don't know if he's named after that area or not. It would it would seem like there's got to be some tie there, right? So, um, so we'll oh, think yeah. of those folks, uh, and we'll encourage you guys out there as listeners as well to do the same. Uh, thanks to Jerry. Thanks to all the listeners out there. Everyone have a great day. <laughs>